Welcome to the Views from the 601 Podcast. I am your host, Darl Reese Jr. And it's been a minute. Feels like it's been a couple of years. Yeah. Man. Like, I only been gone for, I think, a month. And it feels like it's been a long time. I miss it so much. And lately, I've just been contemplating ideas. Like, I wanted to take a break. I felt like I needed to. I had a lot of things to deal with with school, work, and other things. So I just felt like... I need to take a break, but we back now. We back. We better than ever. We got a lot of topics to get into, a lot of things that have happened since then, since the last episode with the NBA, the NCAA tournament, football, free agency, everything that has happened recently. So we got a list of topics to go on to, and we just going to try to approach this a little different than, than we have the past four episodes so i want to welcome everyone to season two of the views from the 601 podcast season one was new beginnings and now we are transitioning into i am season two that is the topic well that is the name of season two titled i am and i'm gonna get when once you get a brief description of this podcast i'm gonna leave at the end of why i chose that topic on and why i chose that name and we're just gonna branch off into new things new ideas and i'm gonna leave my youtube link in the description and before each episode maybe two days maybe a day before each episode i want to release at least a three to four minute video on youtube and i want to call it just an interlude and basically introduction to the um, up-and-coming episode that's going to be released after that. So we got a lot of topics and a lot of things to get into. And the first topic I want to get into is my Los Angeles Chargers. Now, Tom Telesco, the GM of the Chargers, he been taking this same approach in free agency this past couple of years. He doesn't make splashes. He doesn't really spend money. He doesn't really go out and try to get the biggest marquee free agency. And that kind of leave fans skeptical because it often, like, we got fans, we got Chargers fans that want this free agents like Tyron Matthew, Nodomic and Sue, basically everyone that's on the, in, the, in the market, like Richard Sherman, who recently just signed with the 49ers. A lot of us wanted some of those guys. And it's understandable, but the way our team is built – he likes to build a team through the draft and sign maybe one or two veterans in free agency, which is very understandable. But also the team has needs up front at defensive tackle, which they have yet to address this offseason. So it, it probably will leave one to feel that they will address it. During the group chat that I'm in with, with um a lot of Chargers fans, we probably feel that it's best that we – a lot of defensive tackles are going off the board. So, like I said, Lee's one to feel that we're going to draft one like Vita or Payne if they steer there at 17. I feel like one of those guys will be there at 17. But also, linebacker is a big need, and we haven't signed a linebacker yet. So, one would think if Tremaine Edmonds falls or the guy from Georgia, if one of those guys fall, which I highly doubt they will, we can grab either one. So, it's really either or on who we would draft. But, I feel that we should draft – I feel like we should draft Derwin James from Florida State. 
only if Trey Boston doesn't resign. Free agent has been going on for maybe a week or two, week and a half. And Trey Boston has yet to take a visit. He has yet to sign. He's a free agency. He can he's he can choose to sign anywhere he wants to. A lot of speculation is that he was signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They recently just signed a veteran safety, so one would feel that they don't need one right now. But that's a big need for them. But at the same time, the Chargers are most likely going to keep Jason Verrett. You have Jason Verrett, Casey Hayward, and Trevor Williams, and Desmond King. Now it's a it's a huge possibility that if we don't sign if we don't sign Trey Trey Boston, we can move Desmond King to that safety role. Now we just signed Adrian Phillips, so that's a guy who I really like last season. He's that hybrid kind of guy. He can play in the box, he can play in the backfield, and he can hold the tight ends and a running back. So that's a guy who I really like. And Desmond King, he came in as a rookie. I would say, I can't remember what round, but he fell to us. That was a steal. That was one of the biggest steals in the draft, in my opinion. Our secondary should be straight next year. Like, Jason Ray is one of my favorite cornerbacks, one of my favorite chargers. And he's a guy who I'm really excited for coming into the season. And Trevor Williams was a guy, undrafted free agent guy, who's really surprised everyone last season, had a high pro football focus grade. So... It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out next year. I mean, you can't have enough DBs. In my opinion, you cannot have enough DBs. So I feel like we have just enough with Jaleel Dye in the back, Adrian Phillips, and possibly Desmond King in the back. So if we don't draft a safety high, I don't feel like I wouldn't be surprised. Because we also have Rayshon Jenkins that, that was a good special teams player, played a little bit safety towards the end of the year. So... We might – is another guy, Allen from Penn State, I would say, is a guy that I like, Marcus Allen, that we could draft. But I see us drafting the safety. Like one thing I want to do before the NFL draft, which is around late April, I would say, I want to do a mock draft, a seven-round mock draft for players who I feel like the Chargers should grab. I want to release that soon, so I should be working on that soon after the pro days and everything else. And a guy who we recently just signed was center Mike Pouncey from the Dolphins. Now, we just got Matt Slauson. He just signed with the Indianapolis Colts, I would say. So, we was going to move. I can't remember who was going to move to center, but Mike Pouncey is a huge upgrade, and not only in our locker room, but on the field, and it's going to help Phillip Rivers. And plus, Max Slauson, he had injury problems. Some people say Mike Pouncey had injury trouble, so. We're going to see how that plays out. So that's a good beef to our um, O-line. I'm still curious to see what we're going to do with Joe Barstead. We might bring him back. We might bring him back. So it will be interesting to see what we do with him. There's a lot of speculation on if the Chargers should draft a quarterback. Me personally, I believe in Cardell Jones. But uh, – Drafting a quarterback can always be up in the air. We have yet to sign one, so I feel like the Chargers will draft the quarterback through the third, fifth round around those areas. So a young guy is a need. He can learn under Phillip Rivers three to four years because I feel like Phillip Rivers has. I feel like Phillip Rivers has three to four years left. 
So one would think we need a young guy to come in and learn from him for a couple of years and groom him. Phillip Rivers can groom him, get him to learn to the system, the style of play. We have Antonio Gates have yet to um, re-sign. It's kind of up in the air that he might retire. We just signed Virgil Green, he, but he's a blocking tight end. So one would think Antonio Gates will return. I would love to see Antonio Gates return because this is one of the most highly anticipated seasons that I have ever like anticipated for the Chargers since I've been a fan. So I feel like this year, this is the year 2018-2019 season is the year that the Chargers win the Super Bowl. Another topic I want to get into is NFL free agency, like I alluded to with the Chargers, who they signed, who I feel like they should have signed, and the guys that we wanted them to sign. Richard Sherman was recently, he's, he's coming off an Achilles injury, I would say, and he was recently released. He was recently released by the Seahawks. A lot of people, that was up in the air. A lot of people speculated that, that would happen. And I figured it would. But I also figured he might end up staying in the division, and he did. So he went to the, he went to the Bay Area. He went to the 49ers, which is going to be a great fit for him. He can learn the system, Lynch system. And like I tell people, the, 49, the San Francisco 49ers will be a playoff team next year as well as what I said about the Browns in two years. But that was an interesting pickup for the, um, for the 49ers. And speaking of the Browns, the Browns have made a record number of trades and a lot of signings this offseason. And like I told people, like I alluded to before, the Browns will be a playoff team in two years, so please watch out for them. And I've been high on the Browns for two years now where well, their last win was against the Chargers, but we ain't going to speak on that right now. But all they they got the first and fourth pick. I don't think right now I don't think they I don't think they would trade either one of those picks, but they are entertaining that they would. It was rumors going around a couple of weeks ago that they would entertain it. I'm sure they got a lot of picks. I'm sure they got a lot of calls and talks about it. So it's going to be interesting to see who they draft. But in my opinion, Sam Donner, I'm recording this. To, I'm recording this on a Wednesday. Sam Donner Pro Day was today, and a man can throw. He can throw. He didn't throw at the combine. I think he did every other drill, but he did not throw. With some would say, if he didn't throw, that means he might be a lock for the first round pick. So I think he proved today, and I think it's safe to say if the Browns do not trade their number one pick. Sam Donner could be their next quarterback. Practically their future quarterback. But as well, running back is I think is a need for the Browns. So I don't see I don't see Saquon Barkley. I don't see him passing. I don't see him getting past the Giants. But if he do, I see the Browns taking him at four. But if the Browns really like Saquon Barkley. They like I said, they would take a quarterback, but they really like Saquon Barkley. They would trade a number fourth pick if the Giants take him at two. But the Browns have a lot of needs, and they could go offensive lineman with the recent departure of Joe Thomas. In my opinion, the greatest one of the one of the greatest left tackles of all time. The Browns have a lot to improve. They have a lot. They have a lot of draft picks. They just got Jarvis Landry. That was a good pickup for them, and a trade with the Dolphins. 
And it's a lot more guys that they got. I really can't think of it right now. But like I said, the Browns will be a playoff team in two years. Give them two years. I wouldn't be surprised if they went eight and eight this year or seven and nine. Or they might be over 500 this year. It depends on the quarterback and the system. Another Speaking of quarterback, a quarterback that I was high on was A.J. McCarron. I'm not really high on Alabama quarterbacks because I don't feel like Alabama produces elite NFL-type quarterbacks. But I really like A.J. McCarron. And I would say he signed with the Bills, which I feel like I would say he signed with the Bills, which I feel like was a good pickup. And one prediction, speaking of quarterbacks, one prediction that I made, it was around late January, was Teddy Bridgewater to the Jets. I feel like that would be a great system for him. And he just signed a one-year deal, I would say, a couple of days ago. So I feel like that's a good – he passed his physical. He's going to play this year. And he's going to compete with McCown. And it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But one term that I've been hearing a lot lately – with Lamar, well, not with Lamar Jackson, but with Tyrod Taylor, who's another guy that went, another quarterback that went to the Browns that was traded, is bridge quarterback. That's one term that I do not like, and I feel like that term has been recently labeled recently, and that's one term that I do not like. I'm not going to get political about it, but that's one term that I do not like, bridge quarterback. Basically, you get a quarterback, you get a you get a sign or trade for a quarterback, but you want him to be your starting quarterback for two years while you draft a quarterback to sit. And that starting quarterback, he knows, he knows the label that everyone has put on him. So he has that chip on his shoulder that he want to prove that he's not only that he's not a bridge quarterback, he's a franchise quarterback. Now, in my opinion, Tyrod Taylor, he's in that, but he's in between that franchise. And average, so I give him. I label him an average quarterback. But Teddy Bridgewater, he's been hurt recently, and I give him that label of a franchise quarterback slash average quarterback. But I really like them both. I like dual third quarterbacks in any kind. That is the ideal quarterback for me. is a is a dual third quarterback that can escape the pocket when needed. And Aaron Rodgers, he's the perfect dual third quarterback. But if I was a GM, I would start my team around a dual third quarterback, and I wouldn't mind starting the team around Tyrod Taylor. Well, I wouldn't mind start, starting around, starting starting my team around Teddy Bridgewater. I'm going to put it like that. Because Tyrod Taylor is kind of skeptical, especially the playoff game versus the Bills versus the Jags. So it's kind of up in the air on what he can do. But, yeah, NFL free agent has slowed down. A lot of teams are signing veterans here and there. And one team that I feel like that should have let go of their quarterback or should be thinking about drafting a quarterback is Jacksonville Jaguars. Blake Bortles is one guy who I would not start a franchise around. I wouldn't even allow him to be my bridge quarterback. And I've been watching him since he came into the league. He was like, I was, I, I like Blake Bortles. He came into the league, six five frame, six five frame, two thirty. I liked him when he came into the league, but I don't know if it's the system or what. Or maybe he was just too high on the board. I don't know what it was. But I, the perfect quarterback for the Jaguars, in my opinion, would be Lamar Jackson from Louisville. 
the number one dual third quarterback in the country coming into the draft. And he's a guy that um some mock drafts people got him going to Arizona, Buffalo. I don't see him going to Buffalo because they just got rid of. I don't see him going to Buffalo because they just got rid of a dual third quarterback in Tyrod Taylor. So I don't see them wanting another one. They want a pocket presence quarterback. That's why I like A.J. McCarron for the Bills. Paired up with Kevin Benjamin. But yeah, Lamar Jackson, in my opinion, will be a great fit. Will be a great fit for the Jacksonville Jaguars. But yeah, we're gonna get back on NFL topic a little bit later. We're gonna transition into the NBA. To the NBA. A lot of things have happened in the NBA with the recent injuries to the the recent injuries, as they say, to the Warriors. I don't think those guys are really hurt, but whatever. They're trying to rest them for the playoffs. A lot of teams have eleven to twelve games left to the playoffs. But one team people are, have caught their eyes. One team that has really advanced in number one seed and one team that people have, like, they have as their number one pick to win to the throne of the Warriors and to make it to the championship, they have to beat the Warriors is the Houston Rockets. The Houston Rockets currently sit number one in the Western Conference, 57 wins and 14 losses. So it's their clear-cut favorite to get the number one seed and home court advantage throughout the playoffs. And they're currently on a six-game winning streak. And they just beat Portland, who was on a 13-maybe game winning streak, I would say. They just beat Portland last night. James Harden is playing lights out. He's my leading candidate for MVP. I, him and LeBron was neck and neck at one point, but James Harden is clear-cut favorite to win MVP. And you have Golden State with the number two seed. You have Portland, number three. OKC, number four. New Orleans, number five. San Antonio, six. Minnesota, seven. Utah, eight. Now, everyone knows I'm a Carmelo fan. Everybody knows that I am a Denver Nuggets fan. My Denver Nuggets currently sit in the ninth seed, 38 wins, 33 losses. Now, we sat in ninth, 10th seed last year and didn't. Didn't make the playoffs. I would say it was a 10th seed, maybe. And I'm kind of curious to see. I'm kind of worried a little bit on if we would make the playoffs. I think either New Orleans or Utah will fall out the playoffs. And Denver can maybe sneak in for that 7th or 8th seed. But you got San Antonio, who's currently sitting on a four-game winning streak. You got New Orleans sitting on a two-game winning streak. And OKC was on a winning streak today, lost last night. And Denver, they's on a two-game losing streak. Just entering the draft, in my opinion. So I'm going to give my top five of who I feel like are the best quarterbacks and ones that I've been watching the most. And I want to start with number one quarterback in the, entering the draft, in my opinion, is Josh Allen from Wyoming. 6'5", 230. He kind of give me that Carson Wentz comparison. And I watched the combine. I watched a couple of his films. 
And I know he struggled a couple, in a couple of games. They all struggled. But I feel like coming in, the arm power, the athleticism, the size, the stature, and the comparison with Carson Wentz, who was an MVP candidate, who would have won MVP if he would have never got hurt towards ACL. But I feel like Josh Allen is the number one quarterback entering, coming into the draft. Now, the number two spot, I have Sam Donald from USC, 6'4", a guy, around 224, 225 frame. Just like Josh Allen, he's a guy who has an arm. Sam Donald has inconsistency with his accuracy from time to time. But he's a guy who I, who I said before, who the Browns will take with the number one pick. His pro day was today, so I feel like he's a clear-cut favorite to, to go number one, but he's not the number one quarterback. It's basically who the Browns like and who they feel will fit best for that system. Number three, I have Baker Mayfield from Oklahoma. 5'11", six-foot guy around 209, 210. He's the guy who I watched the most in college last year. And he's the guy, he's the most, it's kind of it's kind of in between who's the most exciting, but I feel like Lamar Jackson is more exciting, but Baker Mayfield is up there. People say his off-the-field issues will intertwine with his draft, his draft stop, but he will still get drafted top 20. He's a guy who might end up in Miami. He's a guy who might end up in New York. The New York Jets, he might end up either one of those two franchises or the Bills might take him. But either way it go, I feel I feel like he can be a franchise quarterback. He can lead your team. And he's a guy that has a lot of off-the-field issues. Well, I wouldn't say a lot. Enough to where he will raise some eyebrows. Number four guy I got is Josh Rosen. Well, I take that back. It's really – it's, I'm really tied between these two, Josh Rowland and Lamar Jackson, so I'm going to give a description of both. Start with Lamar Jackson, 6'2", 205 frame, number one dual third quarterback, like I alluded to before, number one dual third quarterback from Louisville coming to the draft, the most exciting guy in the draft. His numbers this year was, was, was more better than his Heisman campaign last year. So he has a lot to improve with accuracy, his techniques, footwork, but he's a guy that can work on that, give him two years to learn under a quarterback, learn under a veteran quarterback. I wouldn't just throw him out there. He's a lot, He's a guy that gets a lot of Michael Vick comparison, and he's a guy that I also watched a lot next to Baker Mayfield in college. So he's an exciting guy that can escape from the pocket when needed and can get you first downs when needed. Now another guy, Josh Rosen, the most accurate quarterback in the draft, 6'3", 210 frame from the UCLA, California guy. He's also a guy, if, like I said, if the Chargers would have, dra- would have would draft a quarterback and one of these quarterbacks, let's say Josh Rosen falls to 17, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they drafted him at 17. In fact, I would love it. He can learn on the Philip Rivers. He can learn on the Philip Rivers for three years. Three to four years tops, so I give it three. But it also will be a lot of pressure to think let's start him next year after the season or in two years. But he's the most accurate quarterback in this draft from UCLA. 
But he might be the third quarterback taken. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a guy that the Jets look at. Or let's say Arizona trade up because Arizona need a court needs a quarterback. And I wouldn't be surprised if they take Lamar Jackson or do a third quarter to do a third quarterback. Now I'm gonna go to a sixth guy. Let's say Mason Rudolph falls. What well, he will fall to the second round. Let's say the Chargers take him. Mason Rudolph been on the record saying he would love to play with Phillip Rivers. He would love to play for Anthony Lynn and the Chargers. So that's another pick that I wouldn't be surprised us taking. And if if we don't like a guy at 17, we feel like the guys are off the board, I wouldn't also wouldn't be surprised if we traded out of the first round. But I don't see us doing that. I feel like the guys that we need will be there at 17. If that if that's a linebacker or a defensive tackle. But I, I feel like the guy that we need will be there at 17. But though, that is my list of top five quarterbacks in the, that's in the draft who I feel like those top five guys can change a franchise. Now, they can be either for the better or for the worse, but they can change the franchise. I don't see any of those guys being a major bust. But those it's two guys that have a lot to prove, and that's Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson. They have to prove that they can play at this level. Lamar Jackson has to be – has to prove that he can throw the ball, he can stay in the pocket, he can create, he can make plays, and win ball game. So he's a guy that I will be on the lookout for. I'll be watching him no matter what team he's on. I'll be rooting for him, him and Baker, as well as Josh Allen. Josh Allen is another guy that I've grown to like in the draft from Wyoming. So he's a, he has a lot of he has a lot of skill. He has a lot. He's athletic. Like I said before, he has that Carson Wentz frame and gets that Carson Wentz comparison. But he's a guy, Sam Donald. Like I said, he most likely will be taking number one. He had a strong pro day today. So I feel like he, the Browns are locked in. I would say they're 90% locked in on Sam Donald from US, USC. But yeah, the NFL draft is around the corner. It's on Thursday. I wish I could be in attendance. I want to, that's one thing that I want to do. I want to go to the NFL draft. I want to feel that experience. I want to see the commissioner say who the Chargers drafted. I want to live that experience one day. I feel like it'll be an exciting feeling. Because I always watch the draft. I always catch up on the draft. I always watch one through seven rounds. I'll watch all rounds, all seven rounds. And it never gets boring to me. I love the trades. I love the excitement. I love the, the anxious feeling you get on who your team is going to draft. I mean, I just love it all. Like, Because I remember when we did draft Joey Bosa. I remember when the Chargers did draft Joey Bosa. Around that time, Melvin Ingram wasn't making – he was improving, but it wasn't a improving. We needed someone on the other side, basically. We needed someone on the other side of Melvin Ingram and was going to a 4-3 defense. And we needed a pass rusher. And Joey Bosa was the best pass rusher in the league, so I'm glad we taken him. Even though he held out most, if not all, of all season, I would say he held out. He wanted his money. The Chargers finally paid him. He didn't play the first four games, but the rest of the 
the rest of the arm games that he did play it paid off. And he's been setting records ever since. So I feel like Joey Bosa will be a candidate for defensive player of the year next year. But yeah, this season for the Chargers is very exciting. It's gonna be an exciting season for me. I'm just ready for it. Like I like I said, well, if I haven't said before, the NFL Combine is one of my favorite times of the year. Just to see guys that I've never seen before, see how they play, and try to get a feel of what they do and how they approach the scouts and how they approach combine and how they approach just being on TV and getting that spotlight. Because a lot of these guys really don't get the spotlight. And the combine, the combine was a way that they can show scouts what they can do. And one guy who surprised everyone was Shaquem Griffin. I would say, I don't know if I pronounced that name right, but Shaquem Griffin was a guy it's Shaquem or Shaquem, but he's a guy that surprised everyone. And I wouldn't, I wasn't expecting, I was a best, I was expecting a four or six at least. He's a linebacker from US UCF, I would say. And he's a guy that raised a lot of eyebrows at the combine. If you don't know who he is, please look him up. Please look him up. He has an amazing story. He's a very inspirational guy. He gave me inspiration because everything that he's been through. But if you want to hear his story, you want to learn more about him, just look him up. Because as a child, I would say I can't remember what he had, but he's got he got his one of his arms, like half his arm amputated. And a lot of people have been telling him he can't do this, he can't do that. And he never he never gave up. He's a he's a guy that I look up to. Because I have that same mindset of people telling me what I can and cannot do, but I have never gave up on something that I truly believed in. And football is something that he truly believed in. His brother, his twin brother, plays for the Seahawks. His twin brother is a defensive back who plays for the Seahawks, who will likely be their starting defensive back next year. But, yeah, he's been told no. He's been told he can't do this his whole life. He can't play football. And he proved since a child he's been proving everybody wrong. He proved coaches wrong, players wrong, but his family always believed in him. His, his brother was always there for him. And he just amazed everyone at the combine by posting a 4-3 in the 40. A 4-3 in the 40 as a linebacker. He's around 6 foot 220. That gives me inspiration that you just can't really just give up on something that you believe in. And he's going to make a franchise proud. He's going to make a franchise happy. He, he he did some. A lot of people. It was questions on would he be safe? Would he play safety, strong safety, or linebacker, or outside linebacker? But the guy could play all three. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Seahawks actually drafted him. He's a hybrid. He's a hybrid kind of guy who can play all three of those positions. He played Mike, the wheel, the safety, any hybrid role that you put him in on defense. Or any role that you put him on the team, he will perform and do his best in that position. So I feel like he's a guy. He's another guy that I will be watching. I don't know what round they got him projected in. I don't know. I haven't heard any recent reports on him or anything about a pro day, but I will look that up and see when it is, and I want to get more information about it, see how he performs there. But he's one one guy that I got my eyes on that I want to see how he performs this season.
And no matter, like I said, special teams, safety, running back, quarterback, no matter what positions you put this guy in, he's going to be happy doing it. And he's going to be a guy that's going to be around for a long time and just continue to give people inspiration and joy that you can do anything you put your mind to, no matter what, no matter what setbacks that you have. So I'm excited to see how I'm just excited. I'm just really just excited for the NFL season. Because like I alluded to before on past on the past episodes, I don't see the Patriots dominating like they have been. Even though they lost the Super Bowl, I still don't see them dominating like they have been. But one team that's gotten better is the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl. And they just keep getting better. They just got Michael Bennett. Even though they lost Vinny Carrier and some other guys, they just keep getting better. So if I want to go early Super Bowl pick, you know I'm not going to go early Super Bowl pick right now, but I'm going to go early AFC Championship pick. That's how we're going to do I'm going to go early AFC Championship pick and early NFC Championship. NFC, I got, now this is early, very early. I got Eagles, Rams, NFC. Now, for AFC, AFC, I got Steelers, Chargers. AFC Championship, I got Steelers, Chargers. And I basically got Chargers Super Bowl. That's how high I got my Chargers this season. I'm setting the bar high. This is most anticipated season, like I alluded to before. This is most anticipated season that I've ever anticipated, like, as a fan. And I've been a fan since 06, I would say. Yeah, I don't know how long Tom Brady has. Even though the Patriots have gotten better this offseason, they lost some guys, but they did make some trades with the Browns. And they did get better, but I don't see them doing what they've been doing the past decade. I don't see that happening. But, yeah, let's go back to basketball a little bit. And like I said before, I had my original prediction coming into the season. I had OKC and Cleveland in the NBA championship, in the NBA finals. Now, there's a lot of question marks surrounding both teams right now. But OKC has been on a little roll. They've been on a little um streak lately. It ended last night, but not counting that loss. But they've been doing pretty well. Their span of 10 to 11 games they have left are against mostly teams that are over 500. So that's going to be – this is their toughest road. And basically fight for a playoff spot. The West is tight. A lot of teams are fighting. you got teams four through eight that are fighting for a playoff spot. And they can lose two games and fall out the playoffs. But you got a team like San Antonio who's on a four-game winning streak. Like I alluded to before, they're on a four-game winning streak without Kawhi. And I, I would say I read today that Mono Ginobili doesn't think Kawhi will return. And it's up in the air that I don't think he will return either. But you got to think that the Spurs have a shot. They have a shot to win the championship. They, they have a shot – to make it to the finals if Kawhi returns. So it's basically on him. The team doctor did clear him to play, but it's his doctor personally that 
that's just waiting with Kawhi. But Cleveland, they've been battling injuries. They sit in a third seed in the East. They've been battling a lot of injuries. And Kevin Love just returned the other day. They just beat Milwaukee. Milwaukee is currently at the eighth seed. I feel like every team in the East, their standings is set. They it might sh switch around a little bit, but the one through the eighth seed, all the teams that are in there now will, will most likely make the playoffs. So first round, you're looking at Toronto versus Milwaukee, Boston versus Miami, Cleveland versus Philly, and Indiana versus Washington. Now, just like everyone says on – just like everyone's been saying, like I, and I say this before and I say it again, I see LeBron cruising past every team in the East. And I, like I said, I would say this again. I will always say, it, in my opinion, LeBron is the greatest basketball player of all time. And he's basically proven that in his 15th season by posting 40-point triple-doubles in his 15th season. The man has yet to slow down. He has yet to slow, show any sign. LeBron has yet to slow show any sign of slowing down. And I don't think he will until he's like 37, 38. And people got to remember, I think the guy's like 33 years old, so he's not that old. He still can play I wouldn't say at a high level in five years, but he can still play in the NBA in five years and still get to the basket like he's doing now. Not at that high power level, but he can still get to the basket at 38 when that time comes. But he just has to develop his free throw shooting more, his shooting more. He's done that this season, but it's just got to be a high development like Vince Carter has done to keep him playing long enough and Jason Terry. But yeah, a lot a lot of people thought a lot of people knew Philly would be better this year, but not this good. Especially without their number one pick, Markel Fultz, who has yet he played a couple games, but he has yet to show what he did in college. And I don't know what's up with his shot, but I I don't know. It's a lot of question marks surrounding that. So I know they had the new coming in. That his shot was that conflict. Was that conflicted? I don't know what's going on, but you gotta trade him. I'm sorry. I don't I don't know how he was drafted number one. I don't know what they seen in Markel Fultz. They should have took Lonzo Ball or De'Aaron Fox or traded the number one pick or something. But who knows? It might be one of those another Philadelphia experiments where they don't play their number one guy, their overall pick, their number one overall pick guy in the first year. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And then you got teams like Phoenix and Atlanta sit at the bottom of their conference. And a lot of teams have been censored, like centered around tank mode, like the Dallas Mavericks, who recent report has came out that they're obviously tanking and the New York Knicks. But those are teams already. Like, if you're out of the playoffs already, why not like tank? I mean, you might as well just don't put it out there in the air like, oh, we're tanking, we're tanking. We're gonna tank for the season. We're gonna tank for a high for a lottery pick. Like don't put that out in the air. Just let your veteran guys know before the trade deadline if they want to get traded or not. Just let everyone know what you want to do. And obviously, they have no choice but to be cool with it. But just ask them if they want to be traded or not. Or just let the young guys play like they've been doing. Just let the young guys play. Just don't let it get out there that oh I'm tanking. I'm, I'm tanking. Like just don't let that happen. 
But hey, you can't control the media. You really can't control the every allegation that's coming out, especially with the Dallas Mavericks. And you just can't control really everything that's going on going on around. So, but yeah, we um. So it's gonna be interesting to see where LeBron goes next year. I feel like, I feel, it's basically up in the air. List of teams. I don't see him going to Houston, judging by the way Houston has played this year. But if he did, you can't be mad at him because Kevin Durant did the same thing with the Warriors. Like, come on, you can't be mad at LeBron if he end up and say, hey, I want to go to Houston and play with CP3 and James Harden. Like, you can't be mad at him for that. Like, I wouldn't be mad at him for that. In fact, I would be happy if he went to Houston because he would be – Playing like he would play Golden State a lot, and obviously they'll meet in the Western Conference Finals. And like, I don't have a problem with Golden State, but I just don't want them. To, I don't want to see them win. I rather, I rather Houston win the West or OKC or Portland win the West. But I rather see those teams. I'm like, I have my respect for Kevin Durant and. Steph Curry, like, I don't have a problem with either one of those guys. Like Kevin Durant did what he did for his for his family and for himself and he basically did it to get a ring. He got a ring. Like you can't fault him. You can't get mad at him for that, but at the same time, you just can't you just can't just do that. Well like you just can't the team that he went to was seventy three and nine around there. Around that, some whatever that record was, I can't remember. It was a seven three and nine, but but at the same time, I can't fault him for his decision to go get a ring because a lot of guys have went ring chasing and failed to do that. So he had to know hundred percent that he was going to get a ring, and at the same time, everybody knew that they was going to win. You can't come on now. You can't compare a whole season to stop the Warriors with Kevin Durant. It don't. It doesn't take one season to do that. You got to build a team. Maybe two years, get a couple guys together to stop the war. So LeBron do go to Houston. I wouldn't be surprised. And like I said, I would be happy. And then it wouldn't be no fun in the East at the same time. So that'll be it. That'll be the downside. It wouldn't be no fun in the East. You'll have teams like Philly. When John Wall come back, you got the Wizards. A healthy Gordon Hayward. So. That's an early prediction right there. If LeBron went to Houston, that'd be Boston versus Houston in the championship. That's an early prediction. And you got teams like Toronto that's the number one seed. You got teams like Toronto who a lot of people a lot of people have like on record by saying they're just a play they just a regular season team. They're they do this during the regular season. They'll always be a one through three regular season team. But once the playoff hit, DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lahr, Kyle Lowry will not show up like they said just James, not like they said with James Harden. Like me personally, I don't really see the hype around Kyle Lowry. Like I watch him from time to time when they on TV. I don't really keep up with his stats, but there was a time where I did like check and see what he was doing, and he was averaging some pretty good numbers here and there. But I don't see the hype around him. Like, like this team is built around Demar Derozan and Kyle Lowry. But if they can somehow get a better guard play from a trade or anything else, 
that I would do that. I would get. I would probably get rid of Kyle Lowry for a better guard play. I don't know how his defense stacks up, but they can make some noise in the East. But I don't see them get. Like I said, I don't see any team getting past LeBron in the East. But I do see teams dethroned in the Golden State Warriors. I, I see. I do see teams. I don't see Portland making noise in the West either. I don't see them getting past. OKC or Minnesota. Another thing that's been going on in the sports world, you got the NCAA tournament, March Madness. I think we are heading toward the Sweet 16 coming up, if not currently. But I filled out a bracket, and I did have Duke winning it all. Now, Duke is still currently in it. They still they in the Sweet they in the Sweet 16. I can't remember who they play, but. I'm not a, I'm not really big on NCAA basketball like I'm I'm like recently I've been watching like these past couple of years but I really haven't been big on it but but now I'm actually like trying to get into it trying to watch more trying to critique it more so I just been watching Duke and the guys that they have Marvin Bagley Grayson those I really like those guys and I feel like they can win it all I can't remember who I got them playing but I got Duke winning it all so that's Gonna be a short take that I got with the NCAA basketball, and I will actually allude to that more on next week's podcast. But yeah, the um, the interlude, like I said before in the beginning of the podcast, was already released on YouTube. I'm gonna release that link in the description. Just search Daryl Reese Jr. on YouTube and see if you can find it. But I will leave that link in the description as well. And this this is not I don't know how long this episode is gonna be, but like I said before, I wanna approach things different with this episode. And we have a guest coming up. Like I don't know which one I don't know which guest I'm gonna use like right now. I don't know which guest I'm gonna have right now, but we do have a guest. So be on the lookout for that next week. Either the guest I'm gonna have, we're gonna discuss either music or sports, which depending on the guest. So that's one thing that I want to do. I want to approach this more. I want to approach and get better at this and learn from it. And that's what I want to do, start having guests more. So I will leave. I will also leave my email and my um social media in the description as well. So if anyone wants to just talk sports, want to talk basketball, football, charges, talk, just anything really. Marsh Madness, just really anything, just... I'm going to leave that contact information. And I am very much open to have it, like a conversation with anyone about sports or just about anything, life, about anything, music. It doesn't matter. So that's how I want to end this podcast. And we are trying, like I said before, the first season was new beginnings. And second season, we are transitioning into I Am. And the picture that I have released for this episode will give you a brief summary of what I meant by that word, by those two words. So please, if you enjoy this podcast and all the YouTube viewerships, SoundCloud and iTunes, please rate it, please like it, please share it, share it out to the world, share it out to your friend. And I just want to continue to spread a positive message. I want to continue to give my views from Mississippi, I want to continue to give my views on house, on sports, on really anything. Just try to critique different things and try, just try to learn more and just spread a positive message. 
and just get a better relationship with everything that I'm doing and get a better understanding of everything that I'm trying to accomplish. Because this is, like I said before, this is only the beginning. And this is something that I'm getting better at. And that's how I want to end this podcast, like I did to others, by saying knowledge is power. This is all I ever wanted. Heard them niggas, they was plotting. They ain't never kept it solid. That's why I gotta keep it on me. Keep it tucked with this 40. I ain't worried about that shorty. I ain't worried about that shorty. Seen a couple niggas fall for that dollar sign Shawty hear me on my phone but don't get replies Niggas hear me on my phone but they out of line He's a real trap vibes He's a real heavy trap vibes I'm there right now, I'm there right now Pop all these ass, I can't even stand But I gotta wake up, gotta feed the fam But I gotta wake up, gotta push it down We was looking for that package, yeah Now they wanna call me lavish, yeah But I ain't really living lavish, yeah My niggas still trapping, yeah But who would've known we make it this far? Who would've known that I'd be a trap star? Who would've known that I'd be a trap star? We were selling work out the back of the car, yeah Now my niggas living large, yeah I ain't tryna catch a charge, yeah Cause we were selling real out of the Honda Now we get anything that we wanna, yeah This is all I ever wanted Keep it solid, yeah. Reason why I keep it on me, yeah. Keep it tucked with this 40, yeah. I ain't worried about that shorty, no, 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 yeah. no. I ain't worried about that shorty, no, 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 yeah. no. Yeah, all I ever wanted, they was plotting. Solid, eh, eh, eh. Reason why I keep it on me, yeah. Keep it tucked with this 40, yeah. I ain't worried about that shorty, that shorty. I ain't worried about that.